Hey everybody and welcome back to Steve's NRL Footy Tips for Round 13. I'm your host, Stephen Westaway. Fresh off Round 12, the State of Origin teams were selected on Sunday night and Monday morning, so we have plenty to talk about on the show. And as promised, I've got some guests on for the next two shows. And one of them was supposed to be Josh Duncan, who I think I talked about last show. He's having some some issues at the moment, let's just say that. So he's not going to be able to join us, but hopefully he can join us at some point throughout the show, or with our State of Origin preview, which drops next Monday. But back on the show for the first time this year, he you can see him at Dupology Reviews for his movie reviews, and he's been on my podcast, What Have We Been Watching Movie Reviews, multiple times in the past. But he also loves sport, and in particular, rugby league. Welcome back to the show, beloved Gold Coast Titan supporter, Matt Dupont. How you going, Matt? You just had to throw that in, didn't you, man? (laughs) Jesus, dear Lord. Oh, yeah, I'm doing good. Enjoying the footy whenever the Titans aren't playing, but I'll wait wait till we get to their game to vent my anger. And welcome back to the show. He's got the record for the most appearances other than the Steve in Steve's NRL footy tips. He (laughs) allegedly got a perfect round, 8 out of 8, footy tips correct last week and his St. George Illawarra Dragons are currently in a bit of a fight with the Rabbitohs to get 8th spot on the Telstra Premiership ladder. Welcome back to the show, Matt Du... Uh, Matt Cosru. Matt Cosru. Cos, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Oh, such an honour. Honour as always, mate. How are you happy... How, you got, how do you think St. George are travelling so far um, this year? Obviously, they're at the bye this week so they're not going to be a focus of this show but you're happy with how they're travelling yeah. after 12 weeks? Yeah, like going all right last time i was on the show was only early in the year i think we were one and one from two we lost the penrith in round two and then uh the sharks the eels and the rabbits beat us uh, since then only the mighty titans have beaten us oh the storm as well sorry the storm and the titans have beaten us so five from seven they're traveling okay at the moment i thought you guys were six and six we are i think from from the south game we've only lost twice Ah, so five from your past seven. Okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, five from, five from past seven, yeah, yeah. About what you thought you... Dally Amleader. Ben Hunt? Dally Amleader too, Ben Hunt, yes. It's going well. On fire, mate. So, I mean, six six out of 12, I don't think it's a bad result for St. George at all. But let's look at around 12 now, boys. And we have a look at... I'm going to name my team of the week momentarily. I'm not going to take forever on it because I've got guests on the show today. But... Um, we look at round 12, and Melbourne got back to the winner's circle on Thursday night. Huge win over Manly. Penrith and Cowboys, the match, I think, delivered. It's just that Penrith just were too good against the Cowboys. But the Cowboys defensively were valiant. I think Ruben Cotter made 63 tackles. We also saw Gold Coast run away to a 24-4 lead over the Brisbane Broncos before one of the biggest comebacks we've seen in the modern game. The Broncos end up winning 35-24. to They scored 31 points in the last 27 minutes of that matchup. Also during the weekend, we saw South Sydney bounce back against the Tigers. I said I was going to throw my South Sydney membership in the trash if we lost that game. Um, The Dragons got a win, as we know, and it ended in a good match as well on Sunday afternoon between the Canberra Raiders and the Eels. The Eels uh, winning that game and ruining my perfect round. I got 7-8 for round 12. As I said, Matt Cosser allegedly, it's not on tape, so I don't believe it got a perfect round. I think uh, Matt Dupont was also going for a perfect round near the end there, but um, got a couple wrong. So, you know, um, let's hope we can continue that form into round 13. 
I'm going to name my team of the week quickly, and usually I spend you know a couple of minutes talking about it. I'm just going to get your thoughts at the end of it, see if you agree with the picks. But at fullback, for round 12, I went James Tedesco. A fantastic performance in that game against Cronulla on Saturday evening. My wingers, Alex Johnson from the South Sydney Rabbitohs. He broke the all-time Rabbitohs try-scoring record, overtaking Nathan Merritt with three tries against the Tigers. Daniel Tupo was my other winger. I thought he was pretty impressive against Cronulla, and I'm sure we're going to talk about Daniel Tupo um, shortly a little bit more after his shocking state of origin inclusion. In the centres, I've gone Herbie Farnworth from the Broncos. I thought he was one of the Broncos' best in that win on Friday night against the Titans, and Campbell Graham from South Sydney, who I've been campaigning for for months that he should be in the state of origin team. I thought he was fantastic on uh, Saturday evening in the Rabbitohs. Win probably the man of the match. In the halves, have gone Cameron Munster from the Melbourne Storm. He was back to his best against Manly, and what a season he's having. Two tries, a try assist. He really dominated um, through the middle of the field and, and took advantage of some tired Manly forwards in that game. A bit unconventional with my seven and nine at halfback. I've gone Dylan Brown just because I think that he deserved a spot on the team. Obviously, he's not a halfback, but a great performance against the Raiders. My props, Tom Burgess. Over 230 metres against yeah. the Tigers. And James Fisher-Harris over 220 against um, the Cowboys on Friday nights. Ben Hunt is my hooker of the week. That's right. I've gone a little bit more unconventional this week. I thought he used the Dragons best in their win on Sunday afternoon. My uh, second rowers, again, a little bit unconventional. Tino for Silamalu. thought it was fantastic in the Titans' defeat. 230 metres, 32 tackles, I believe it was. He looked threatening every time he got the ball and... It was disappointing the end result, but I think that Tino was outstanding. Ryan Madison from Parramatta, 180 metres, 30 tackles. He was great against the Raiders. And my lock of the week is Isaiah Yo, who, in my opinion, has been the best player this year and should be leading the Dalian medalist. Um, you know, award, I think he's been fantastic this year. And he was, you know, scored a try, 180 metres on Friday night. My bench this week, Anari Tuala from the Knights, I thought was good. And then went over the Warriors. Timurie Martin, um, the fullback from the Broncos, I think he had his best performance since his return uh, to the NRL earlier this year. Ruben Cotter, as I mentioned, 63 tackles in the Cowboys' defeat against the Panthers. And Cody Walker, it was good to see him get back to his best football. Um, a couple of tries late in the Rabbitohs' dominant win over the West Tigers. Boys, how did you guys see Round 12? What stood out to you? And who, what teams do you think had the best performance? And what performers were you really impressed with? We'll start with you, Doopy. I was just really happy that you mentioned Reuben Cotter. His performance is unbelievable. The Cowboys, um, the 63 tackles, and he didn't miss a single tackle. In basically in a in a match where the Cowboys were just constant, have no ball, and Penrith were just peppering their line, and he was just he was unbelievable. Um, and in terms of teams, like again, teams that were impressive. I, mean, I don't know who's going to beat Penrith at the moment in terms of premiership and whatnot. We'll talk more about them when we get to um, their match prediction for the week, but they're just going on about their business at the moment really well, and they're going to be bloody hard to beat when it gets to September. They're just leagues ahead of everybody else at the moment. It's it's No one can get near them, it seems. Obviously, Parramatta beat them, but we'll see You know, maybe nine out of ten times Penrith win that game. Parramatta were impressive when they beat yeah. them, no doubt, but... And Ruben Cotter, you mentioned, as we've talked about him already, 63 tackles, but he did that in 64 minutes without a miss. If he played the 80, we could be seeing some all-time records get broken for the most tackles in a match. Yeah. I think Michael Luck might have it with yeah. 70 or so, um, all-time by memory. Yeah, um, it w- 
I think, um, yeah, Michael Luck, I believe it was against the Storm in 2009. I remember the game as well. He made something like almost 80 tackles. And, yeah, Did he play the, for the Warriors? Yes, Luck yeah, for the Warriors. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, so Ruben Cotter, um, you know, he definitely deserved his Queensland call up, no doubt. Cos, what did you take away from round 12? Do you think would stand out performers and what were you impressed with during the weekend? Yeah, I'm pretty much on the same page as, as Doopy with Ruben Cotter. Um, I didn't see much over the weekend because I worked, but I only saw the first uh, three games of the weekend. So, yeah, Ruben Cotter for me, 63, zero missed. He's going to be huge on next Wednesday night. It's going to be hard to handle for the Blues, but... Um, and yeah, Penrith. Like, besides that loss to Parramatta a couple of weeks ago, like, who's going to touch them? Well, I've got a, I've got a theory on that, and I, I, again, I think Penrith are so far ahead of every other team, but I think one team, especially considering their performances over the past few weeks, have you know come back in contention to maybe shake up the top four and give this premiership a red hot crack. So we'll talk about that when I get to their um, prediction uh, for the, the week. The Dragons are playing this week, mate. I know, I know that they're up there, but, you know, uh, people can dream. Um, all right, so that was our wrap-up for Round 12. We're going to get into our Round 13 predictions shortly. We're also today on the show with my special guests, Matt Dupont and Matt Cosru. We're going to predict our top eight for the end of the year. Not really concerned about the bottom eight, but in order where you guys think the top eight's going to go. Will there be changes to the current top eight? We'll find that out at the end of the show, after our match predictions, before we get to our round twelve, pre uh, sorry, our round thirteen preview, however, let's talk about you know the biggest, the biggest talking point in the game at the moment, and that was the state of origin selections. They got named uh, on Sunday night and Monday morning. Both New South Wales and Queensland have named their lineups for state of origin one. It's at ANZ Stadium, Acor Stadium, as it's now called, on June eight next Wednesday night, and. There are some surprising picks for sure. I'm just going to read out the squads. We'll talk about the Blues first and how they've gone and, and what they've named. Um, at fullback, they've gone Tedesco. Their wingers are Toe and Tupu. Their centers are Tony Staggs making his debut, Jack Wyden. In the halves, Luai, Cleary, Huss, Paulo are their props. Damien Cook's their hooker. Murray and Sims are their back rowers. Their lock is Isaiah Yo on the bench. Stephen Crichton, Liam Martin, Regan Campbell-Gillard and Ryan Madison. The rest of their squad, um, at 18, Hines, 19 is Frizzell, 20 is Jacob Saifidi, 21 is Joseph Suwali, and 22 is Api Korosia. I mean, there were some shocking picks there. The big ones, Jake Tarojevic and Josh Adokarbo being dropped from the side. I can't say that I'm in favor of either of those decisions. I mean, I know that they picked Tupo allegedly for his size, and, and Fitler said that it was a tough quarter to drop the Fox, considering he doesn't think he's been in form this year. But, I mean, I don't think he's ever played a bad game for the Blues, personally. Then you've got the centers where, where Wyden's going to be starting and Crichton's on the bench. I don't see any value at all in Stephen Crichton as a bench utility, to be honest, unless there's some major injuries there. I don't know why Wyden wouldn't be the 14 and Crichton wouldn't be starting in the centers. I Yeah, I, I'm just blown away by some of these selections from Brad Fittler. I'm less confident than I was last week as a beloved New South Wales fan Canberra Graham, I thought, was a, a terrible overlook. I mean, I'd, I worry about Katoni Staggs and his defensive reads and, you know, what he's going to bring. And sometimes he can float in and out of games. There's no question how destructive he can be. But I don't know if he's origin ready yet. Ryan Madison's the other one that's going to make his debut. There's a lot of question marks in this lose team and a lot of 
questions that I didn't think we would have at the start of the uh, at the start of you know last round. But what did you guys think of it? We'll start with you, Cos. What do you think of the Blues lineup? The selections they've got, the people that were overlooked for some of these guys. I mean, Tarek Sims, your Dragons boy, has been selected in the second row. That's even a controversial pick because I don't think he's been in outstanding yeah. form. It shows. It looks like Brad Fittler showed loyalty at some places, and other places hasn't showed any loyalty at all. What do you think? Yeah, it's crazy. Like I ran through the team when it was announced, one to seventeen. I went through the team like what I would personally have picked myself, and I agreed with thirteen of the seventeen. Uh, Stags and Whiten uh, like I don't have any questions over Whiten's ability in origin but I would have had him at 14 at best I thought him and Hines were uh, fighting for that 14 spot Stags well look I'm not happy with it I'll, I'll tell you that like you, you just think like I heard on Fox yesterday that the Fox wasn't picked because he's playing for Canterbury at the moment who are running last and it's like, if you swap, if Brisbane aren't in the top four and they're more towards the bottom of the ladder, is he going to be picked? If Souths are a little higher on the ladder, is Graham going to get picked? Like, yeah, I'm not too sure there. And Daniel Tupo, the only reason I can think he's in the side is to mark up against Coates. I mean, you look at the, the Fox, you speak of the Fox, he's got 10 tries in 12 games for the Blues. I've never seen him have a bad performance. He's yeah. the Blues' second all-time try scorer. New South Wales' second top all try, time try scorer, and they've made a huge decision considering they won last year, you know, two to one the series, but considerably those two first two games were pretty easy wins to drop, yeah. you know, a guy that's been a star for years is crazy. You know he's going to step up. You give him a Blues jersey, he's going to step up. He brings that energy to the team. You, you see him off the field and just how energetic he is. And yeah, I don't know. I think the only reason Tupo's there has to be because of to match the height of Xavier Coates. That's all I can think of. I know Tupo's been a good player over the last, what, 10, 12 years, but the Fox, like, I just don't get it. He scored 30%, I was saying on NRL 360 last night, he scored 30% of Canterbury's tries, which probably, you know, doesn't say a lot, but, you know, it took him how long to get one? He was in a bit of a drought there. And then he seems to be getting kind of back to his best. A couple of poor defensive reads um, on Sunday, no doubt, against the Dragons. But I think it's a tough yeah. call. I mean, I think that Wyden might be their cause to, you know, because of his defense in the centers. But if you've got question marks about Stephen Crichton's defense in general going into an origin, why is he in the 17? I just don't see yeah. any value about him being a utility. Yeah, look, yeah. I don't know, but... Everyone loves to play selector when teams are picked, no matter what, even if it's for Australia or whatever. But, you know, we'll just have to trust Craigie. He's got a plan, and we'll see if it pays off. Yeah, well, we're going up to the game next Wednesday, and, you know, let's hope that it all comes together. But I've got to say, I've got some doubts. Matt Dupont, yeah. how did you see uh, the team's selection, New South Wales in particular, uh, when it got named on Sunday night? Well, with the whole Addo Car thing, it's somewhat even more insulting the fact that they've named Joseph Suwali in the squad over him. Like, yeah. I think Suwali's played a couple of... Well, the Parramatta game sort of stands out as his best of the season. But do we really think that he's been that great this season? Like, he's he wasn't even in their initial team at the start of the season. If you, he's definitely yeah. got potential. If, if, you, if you're going to pick... Just, 
if you're going to pick him, if you're going to pick Suwali over the likes, like, if you're going to not pick the Fox and leave him out of the squad, I understand, but I know that they're bringing in Suwali, give him a bit of taste of representative football, doopy, but over the likes of Graham, Matt Burden, Talakai, I could name so many guys that deserve to be in that squad, probably over Joseph Suwali, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, so could I. And also the fact that, like, a lot of people are saying that we've named Tupo just to have the height um, dif- difference over um, Xavier Coates, but what about the height difference between Toto and To and Cobo? Like yeah. to me, it just it's it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, yeah, that 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 was the one that really annoyed me, and obviously, Katani Stags is just inconsistent for me. He's played some great games this year. But I'd rather have someone like Campbell Graham in there who hasn't played a bad game this year, whereas I think Tony Staggs has definitely had some pretty average defensive displays. And You know, I, I do agree with what you said the other day, that defense wins origin and, you know, like, I, yeah, there's just some serious question marks I have over some of the decisions. Look at some of the efforts in the in the past, like the Morris, Josh Morris coming from 40 metres behind to take down English. Stags is going to do that. With a bum shoulder. No. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah I don't know. I don't, I don't see, like, I saw, I mentioned it earlier this morning in our chat about Ryan Madison finding out about him being 17 and how emotional he got. I don't think Stags, he just comes across as that player that just doesn't seem to have the passion He'd be thinking about the paycheck more than actually yeah. playing, representing New South Wales. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Ryan Madison, yeah. I'm happy to see him get a chance in the team. I mean, I think yeah, that he's I'm been one of the best second roles in the comp for a number of seasons now. Yeah. So, uh, But very interesting, as I mentioned earlier, Tarek Sims starting with Ken Murray, who obviously deserves his spot there. But you're starting, to, so you've named Frizzell, you've named Liam Martin in your squad, and Liam Martin's on the bench. Would you guys be starting Sims out of those three in that 11 jersey? No, I'd probably have Liam Martin. Yeah, I'd have Martin for sure. Consistent team. Yeah. Tarek Sims isn't even the best forward at St. George. No. This year. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah as you said earlier, like the, the, um, he's showing loyalties in some areas and, and completely ignored it in others. So, it's a bit of a head-scratcher, that Sims one as a Dragons fan, like I don't, I don't understand it to be honest. All right, well we're gonna have to trust. We're gonna have to trust in the Blues and and hope they can get the the victory to kickstart the twenty twenty two State of Origin series next Wednesday. As I mentioned, uh, we're recording it today. Uh, you know, all with all honesty to our viewers, we're going to record the State of Origin preview today. It's going to be released next Monday, so make sure you check that out when it gets released. But we'll quickly go to Queensland as well. We are Blues fans. We'll run through the Queensland side quickly and look at the side they've named. They've got Ponger at fullback, Selwyn Cobbo and Xavier Coates on the wings. Holmes and Gagai are the centers. Munster and Cherry Evans in the halves, as always. Munster's um, you know, in tremendous form, and Cherry Evans is the captain. The props, Big Tino for Silamalu. Matt Dupont's uh, captain of the Gold Coast uh, Coast Titans is going to be playing prop with Josh Rapali. Ben Hunt gets the nod to start the game as hooker. Um, Kurt Capewell and Felice uh, Felice Cafusi are the back rowers. Ruben Cotter is the lock. And on the bench, Harry Grant, who's struggling with injury still. Lindsay Collins, Patrick Carrigan, and Jeremiah Nenai. So there's a few debutantes there. 
Um, in the extended squad, Jai Arrow has been overlooked, but he still remains in the squad. Tom Dearden's there. Tom Flegger, uh, the Hammer, and Murray Talangi. So that is for who Queensland have gone with. If I'm a Blues fan, which I am, I'm a bit worried about this side because it looks extremely good on paper. They've picked a lot of players in form. The Cowboys in particular with Cotter, who's playing great. We talked up his defensive efforts already on this show. Jeremiah Nenai has been a bit of an X-factor this year. Carrigan gets a debut, and I think he's been the Broncos' best player in general this year, over Payne Haas personally. Um, and we'll talk about that drama probably a little bit later as well. Ben Hunt as nine, I think he deserves it. And obviously Harry Grant is, you know, dealing with some injuries, but that what he's going to add from the bench when he comes onto the field, assuming he plays, is going to be crazy for the Blues. And, you know, picking guys like Coates and Cobbo who are in good form as well. I've got to be honest, guys, I'm very worried about this Queensland side. And I think that Billy Slater, as a first-time coach, is going to have these guys educated on the history of origin. And with him and his coaching staff, the likes of Langer, Thurston, Smith, Josh Hennay, I think they're going to be primed to cause a massive upset in Sydney next Wednesday night. We'll start with Doopy this time. What do you think of the Queensland side, mate? Oh, I think it's perfectly balanced, if I'm completely honest. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if before kickoff they swap Cotter and Tino around. It, but at the same time, I think they've gone Tino at props simply for size um, in the opening 20 minutes. But I think that they could swap positions at different points in the game. But I think the bench is tremendous. The last time Harry Grant played for Queensland, he absolutely tore us apart. So that's a worry. Um, but... Yeah, I think I think Nanai deserved his spot. He's been tremendous this season. Um, there's not one player in that Queensland team that I don't think doesn't deserve their spot. And that's not something I can say for New South Wales. What do you think, Cos, about uh, Queensland? And it's a good point that uh, Doopy mentioned. Maybe they're starting Big Tino in the front row to you know counteract New South Wales' huge starting forward pack uh, in odd the props of Huss and Junior Paulo because you know they're two of the biggest guys that yeah. are going to be out there. Yeah, um, yeah, their teams. Well, let's be honest, pretty stacked. One to seventeen, all in form as well. A bit iffy about DCE. His form and Manly's been well documented, but. You know, he's got some good players around him. You have Munster, who's in arguably career best form. Cobo has just risen to another level this year. River Cotter's just an absolute machine. Coates, Gagai, we all know. You know, he always wears that Queensland jersey under his club jersey, and he's a different player come origin. And then um, the one that really shocked me, and I know he's injured, was um, the Grant on the bench and Hunt starting and the only thing I can think of is for that reason so there could be a late switch come kick off if um, Grant comes good and I saw an interview today with Munster and Grant hasn't joined camp yet so I'm hearing rumours that chances he are. I'm hearing rumours that there's a chance that he might not even play yeah well who they got on next well Dearden would come in on the 14th oh, wouldn't he uh, Dearden would come in because the Cowboys um Cowboys named their team today and uh Tualangi, Bahama, and someone else have all been named to play this week, but Dearden is the only one not in the 17 to actually not get named in the Cowboys team to play the Titans this week. So, yeah, right. So there could be something there that we don't know. 
Yeah, and but I, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked as well because of that last. The only time that Grant's played for Queensland is when he came off the bench and just yeah, he bloody tore us apart, killed us. So it could be, it could be an absolute like masterstroke from Slater bringing him on with tight yeah. boards. I think Westy mentioned it earlier. Like mm. he's scared of a Harry, a fresh Harry Grant coming on the field, which I am too. Yeah, so, you know, we'll find out next Wednesday. Well, you know, I you go to the the markets and in terms of like sports bet and tab and all your betting markets, they have New South Wales favourites in this game. I reckon it should be even. Um, I think the only reason that anyone should have the Blues favourites in game one, based I know that they're champions and they dominated Origin last year, and I'm a huge Blues fan. The only reason I'd have them favourites maybe is because it's in Sydney. But you know, I think that a Queensland are hoping come game time that they're going to you know, cause a massive ambush and a massive boil over. Um, and, yeah. yeah, to be honest, that worries me a little bit. But we'll talk about Origin more on our State of Origin preview show, which comes out next Monday uh, morning. So check that out when it drops two days before Origin. In that show, we're going to have first try score predictions, man of the match predictions. Matt Dupont's going to have a special moldy that he's been working on for us on that show. And we're going to obviously say who we think are gonna, is going to win the match. But, uh we're going to go to round 13 now and start the round, start our predictions for the upcoming round of football. Before we do so, though, please remember to like Steve's NRL Footy Tips on Facebook. Like, subscribe, and share wherever you guys listen to your favorite podcast. Steve's NRL Footy Tips is on it, whether it's Spotify, Apple, Anchor, Google Podcasts. It's everywhere that you guys listen to your favorite podcasts. Thank you for the support so far in 2022. Thank you for my guests uh, for continuing to come on and Really elevating the show. We're going to get started now. The action all kicks on Thursday night. There's only four games this round because of the State of Origin affected round. One a night, and the action, as I mentioned, kicks off on Thursday night. Let's get to our round 13 preview. All right, we're about to get into the action for round 13 now, but before we do, look who decided to join us, guys. Josh Duncan, he's solved his problems. He's managed to make his way to the show Josh, you're the you're the fourth man in this, you know, this team of of tipping experts. Uh, welcome to the show, mate. We'll get your thoughts on the Origin team in a minute, but good win by Parramatta on Sunday afternoon. I mean, we had a good conversation a month ago about him when you're on the show. Um, but uh, yeah, how you how do you think Parramatta are going at this point of the year? No, oh, thanks for thanks for having me. You know, it's a better late than never. So. Um, Podcast has been waiting for my arrival, basically. Nah, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Parra just—I just don't know what to think of them. They—they they can look so good in some points and just completely drop off. Like in the Canberra game, the try just before half time, we just looked like we completely dropped off the face of the earth. And it was a good—it was a good win in the end, but. If we had been playing to our full capacity, then that game wouldn't have been close. Canberra looked good with Fogarty back in the team, which is a positive for them. But um, Parramatta just—they just can't can't find a groove. We can beat sides and look awful in the game, and we can look awful in our losses, and then we can play like we did against Melbourne and Penrith and just look like the best team in the competition. So it's same old, same old for Parramatta, unfortunately, in the moment. Well, you know, 
at least there's a good sign. I mean, you gave me crap when I tipped the Raiders. I thought they were genuine chance, and it was a good game of football. <laughs> but positive signs, I mean, again, you're the only team to beat Melbourne and Penrith so far, um, you know, both of them. But you're also, the, the on Sunday, you became, um, you know, that with that win against the Raiders, it was the first time the Eels have won back-to-back games in 2022. So maybe you're moving in the right direction. I think you're sitting in sixth at the moment. So really, if you're Parramatta, I mentioned at the start of the year, it'd be a disappointment if you disappointment and a failure of a season if you don't make the grand final but surely um throughout this origin period you're looking to move into the top four so we'll see how Parramatta go they've they've got the bye this week first back-to-back games this year I think that's the first two wins in a row yeah I'm pretty sure is it not oh wow that's crazy I think it's the first time they've won two in a row this season so I mean We'll take it. Maybe that doesn't track, but it's either the first or the second time. I don't know if it does, Josh. I'm just making stuff up as I go along on this podcast. It hasn't happened often. Even if even if you're not right, it's probably the second time it's happened because it's been a bit of a as as we've alluded to a topsy turvy season for Para. So I mean, it was a second. There's a second. Yeah, I just looked. Second. I think still. That's still like. Not great for a team who wants to be in the grand finals. I forgot that you beat the Dragons after you beat the Storm. I just assumed you had the bye that week, but you actually played. So, um, all right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into quickly before we get into these games. We're about to talk about round 13. What did you think about the state of origin teams, both New South Wales and Queensland, when they got named? Any thoughts? I mean, we've covered a lot of it in terms of the centres and the wingers. Um, controversy there for New South Wales um, and how good Queensland looked. But what do you think, Josh? Yeah, look, I won't go much into the centres. I mean, it's out there for everyone to see, and I'm assuming you guys have talked about it as well. But um, with Queensland, I think Ruben Cotter basically picked himself. I'd like to see him a prop rather than lock, but he's still going to offer a lot. And I really like Queensland's forwards. Um, they've got a good forward pack, and Harry Grant coming off the bench. I know he's got a bit of a niggle, but... Ben Hunt hasn't really failed them yet at number nine, I don't think. From memory, he's played half decent, played pretty well. And, I mean, he's the Dallium leader at the moment. So, And as for New South Wales, as loyalty loyalty doesn't seem to matter anymore, I mean, which a bit, I'm still confident in, in the side that New South Wales picked, but I'm a bit interested as to the reasons why Freddie made some of those selections. All right, well, we'll talk about State of Origin in our State of Origin preview as we've been promoting throughout the show. That drops on Monday. We're going to record it today, but it'll drop on Monday days, two days before Origin for you guys to check out. Matt Dupont's been working on, you know, this special moldy that's going to win you so much money if you back it, if you if you support Matt Dupont. Um, but let's get into the action for round 13, and it all kicks off on Thursday night, and you know, two teams in, you know, polar opposites in terms of spots on the ladder at the moment, to put it mildly. It From 7.50pm uh, on Thursday night from Seabus Super Stadium, Gold Coast back at home against the North Queensland Cowboys. The Gold Coast Titans were winning 24-4 to last week before in the last 27 minutes of that game, they conceded 31 points and ended up losing that game 35-24. to I have no words to explain it. I mean, we've talked about to- Gold Coast so much on this show. They're versing a Cowboys team that, you know, they were 22-0. They lost that game against the Panthers, but their defense held up for long periods of that game. I don't think they lost any supporters in that loss against Penrith. Um, 
Some changes for both sides. Nanai, Cotter, Dearden and Holmes all out of the Cowboys team because of origin. And, you know, they've got guys like Elliott that's going to play his first game of the year. Josh's favourite, Ben Hampton, comes into it. Tom Gilbert will start. Um, and so we've got we've got some different teams. Jermaine Tanoa Brown makes the, the cut. For Gold Coast, they're only missing um, Big Tino for Silamalali and I think Fafida is back out as well via injury. So missing yeah, those two. But uh, overall, um, Gold Coast almost at full strength. I'll go to you guys first, and I'll go to our Gold Coast Titans fan on the booth. And Matt Dupont, I mean, it's been a shambles of a season. Um, Doopy, uh, how are you feeling heading into this game on Thursday night? Oh, dude, this is it's just so disappointing. I, I had genuinely really high hopes for us going into this season. I know that our spine's really young, but... Um, the forwards and whatnot. I thought our recruitment was decent, uh, but yeah, it's just been an absolute shambles. And I really should have seen it coming because even though we limped into finals last season, we weren't playing well. Whenever we lost, we got absolutely battered. And it's just, in my opinion, the coaching staff needs to be completely just reshuffled, gone, whatever you want to whatever you want to say, just get someone in there who can teach them how to tackle. It's just the last two seasons, it's the amount of points we're conceding, man. Like, when when you're letting 20-plus leads, when you're blowing 20-plus leads, like, on a regular basis, like, surely there's got to be some sort of conversations about the coaching staff. And there's been nothing in the media about whole world. It just baffles me because... In my opinion, I think that Madge McGuire is doing a much better job with the squad that he's got than what Holbrook's doing. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I've been saying on this show that he should be under a lot more pressure than he is for months um, this year. I mean, I would agree with your sentiments that everything needs a bit of a shake-up. I'd go further and say that almost half the roster needs a bit of a shake-up. I mean, there's a lot of guys in that team yeah. not performing. The likes of, I mean, even if you outside backs, Asako hasn't been a good signing. Herbert, uh, Kelly, Greg yeah. Marzo, Corey Thompson hasn't had a great season either. And he's, you know, usually one of your best players. Your forwards haven't really fired. The, the spawn, like Aaron Clark is not, and, and Sexton, I'm not here to bag them, but I don't know if they're ready for first grade. I know they're young spawn. They need support around them, but Gold Coast aren't giving them that. So I think you just got to, throw the book out, start again with them. Um, but in saying that, this week is a winnable game for you guys. Um, I mean, got, I think it is. I don't think there's an easy game to tip this week um, because of the origin outs. And, you know, we know how impressive North Queensland have been, uh, have been this year. 22-0 um, down last week, as I mentioned, against the, the Panthers. But uh, the, defensively, they held their line for long periods of time. And, you know, they're competing. And what I said, I've said it multiple times in this podcast, when you beat the North Queensland Cowboys in 2022, you've got to earn that victory. Um, Doopy, how do you see your team traveling, going up against the Cowboys this week? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'd like to think that um, after last week's debacle that will show something. Um, but... It's just it's been a confidence thing for us all year. Like whenever we have a whenever we have a good performance, the next week we're just shambolic. And but you know, I'd like the thing with the players the Cowboys have got out. We can somehow get a win here because I just I just want to 
away from the bottom of the table, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, look, we got to find points. And I, I think I think this season was it's something we've really struggled to do. I, don't, I just don't think our attack has been fluent at all. There's been a lot of positives um, to take away, though, from last week's first half. There's positives there. You mean he did score points in that first half last week. Obviously, it fell apart in the second half, but you were, you were up with a huge lead. And the game the week before, to give you guys credit against the Sharks, six or half time, you were riding that contest as well. Yeah, I think the halves have been pretty good, um, especially Sexton. I thought he was very good, especially in the first half last week, and then obviously he got injured, which is, that was that was the moment of the game where I started to get worried. As soon as... He went off injured and Brisbane scored their first try. I knew that we were in big trouble because just our knack of blowing leads and whatnot. But um, And look, I think him and Campbell have the potential that, like, they're, they're not, the answer to us is just not dropping them. In my opinion, regardless of where we finish this season, those two need to play every game this season because they will get better with the amount of games that they play. And I will continually back them up in terms of getting selected. Agreed. Um, Work towards your future. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, exactly. And I think hopefully with Kieran Forum going next year, a bit more experience, but leaves me thinking where's Brimson fit into the team. He just signed a new four-year contract last year. So a lot of questions to be asked for the rest of this season and going into next season. Cause, in my opinion, when no yep. playing finals. Yeah, well, it looks like it's almost a... Yeah, it, it, it's pretty much do or die this week and that you would have to go on a massive win streak to even be in consideration. Um, Cos, um, you know, your your thoughts on these two teams. Who do you see winning this game? The Cowboys, um, you know, we've talked about on the show this year how much they've impressed all of us. I think a lot of us had, us, had them down at the bottom of the ladder. I had them as Molden Spoon favourites. This might... You know, last week was a huge... Last week was a huge challenge for them, but this lineup, I mean, they've still got some key men in like Tamalolo and, and Towns and a lot of experience there. Drinkwater's still at fullback. But, you know, it's a bit of, it's it's a little bit tougher this week when you've got four of their star players out. Um how do you see this game going on Thursday night? Yeah, I think the um well, you know, I've been saying it for weeks, I'm just waiting for the Cowboys to 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 uh fall off this rise that they've been on and each week they uh, proved me wrong and I thought last week even though the scoreline indicated 22-0 I thought um, you know they defended really really well especially on their line early in the game there and they've just proven everyone wrong this year I think they're playing as a team they look like they're playing for the coach like all the rumours like last year with the the rift between um, Tao Malolo and, and Todd Payton. They all look like they're just playing for one another. And yeah, it's like the, the four outs that you mentioned, they're, they're going to be huge. But looking at the teams, I still think they've got the team to do it this week. Uh, Josh, do you echo uh, Cos's statements? Uh, Cos, by the way, how many? What what's the margin in this game? Uh, I'll back the cows by 10. Cows by 10. Josh, uh, do you support Cosler's point of view, what do you think heading into this game on Thursday night? Yeah, look, I mean, I feel sorry for Titans fans based on their second It's just pitiful what they what they presented in that 
in that loss. And I mean, to as Doopy said, twenty point lead and just threw it away. But on the other hand, the Cowboys have been <laughs> the pick of the season. They've been absolutely phenomenal. Blew everyone's expectations out of the water. Todd Payton has got them as a well-oiled unit, and as you said, in their loss, they still played really well and made Penrith work for it. So it's um, and even with a few Origin stars out, I think they're still with Tamalolo back. They're still going to have too much grunt, too much passion for the Gold Coast Titans. So I think it's going to be another. Another night to forget for the Gold Coast Titans. And uh, as Doopy sort of said, I think Holbrook's head should be on the chopping block. Uh, how, so, so the Cowboys by how many? Uh, Cowboys by eight. By eight. Let's not take anything away from last week. You all, you all mentioned it. Uh, that was one of the all-time self-explosions from a football team I've ever seen. I mean, we've had bigger comebacks, but that was... Uh, Brisbane were down by 20 points after 52 minutes, and by the time the 65 or 66 minute come, they were tied, if not leading. So the amount of points that Gold Coast conceded so quickly, that short kickoff didn't help them. Not, but... not to mention, they're up by 14, and they go short. Yeah. And Brisbane score off that play. It's just mind-boggling. You don't go short when you're up by 14. Like, I don't know what... It's not the bloody Auckland Nine. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, just try these things for the sake of it. Get a ball ball team. Like, I don't know who called that. I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know. That's just... Uh, it's mind-blowing. It is. That type of play. So, so, the, like, the, the thing... The problem I have at the moment, basically, with us as an organisation is the fact that Justin Holbrook's, Justin Holbrook's been there... Three years, yes, he got us into finals, but the two games that everybody is going to remember him for is last week and also last year when we played Manly at home, led 24 to 8 at halftime and got beat 56 to 24. It's like, how does does this crap keep happening? 22 nil lead earlier in the year against the Raiders. Like, how are we blowing? How, How do football teams constantly blow? Such winnable leads. In, sa- in saying all that, Doofy, in saying all that, who are you tipping this week? <laughs> oh. I'm going to try and be positive and just say I'm going to go to the Titans by two. But Guess what? I've been knows, I've been bagging out the Titans for two months on this show, but I'm with you. I'm going to go to the Titans as well. I'm going to go to the Titans by six points. I just think surely at some point North Queensland put a, a poor performance together. I know Todd Payton's got him huge this year, but... Um, you know, from what I'm seeing, this lineup, you know, all their young guys have come in, Gilbert and Nanai, Cotter, all these guys. This lineup's more reminiscent to something that I thought I was going to see something similar to the start of the year. I mean, Townsend and Ben Hampton will try, but I think did in such a big loss in the middle. Their edges with the likes of, uh, you know, uh, Hiku's in there, but and, and so is the Hammer, and they've done a decent job this year, but I, I worry about Elliot. I just think if there's any time that Gold Coast can get it together, it's against the weakened Cowboys side, and they've been fantastic this year, but I'm going to go the Titans by six. So that is my prediction for the Thursday night game, an upset. So me and Doopy go on the Gold Coast, and uh, Cos and Josh have gone the Cowboys, and you heard it from Cos um, on that game. 
All right, moving on to Friday night now, and this is uh, a contest that you guys might think, well, this is going to be interesting, but it might actually be interesting because on Friday night from Blue Bet Stadium, 7.55, the Penrith Panthers versus the Canterbury Bulldogs. Penrith without a lot of their players, six in the New South Wales Origin squad. None of them have been named. Uh, actually, Abby Corusia, my mistake, has been named, but Toe, Yo, Luai, Martin, Cleary, Stephen Crichton all missing. The Bulldogs um, have, you know, they, they were pretty... They, they were in the game against the Dragons, but they're never serious contenders. Um, they've basically named an identical 17. Friday night, Penrith versus Bulldogs. Bulldog, uh, Penrith seemed vulnerable in terms of, you know, who they've got in the park. Jennings and Staines comes back. They're experienced first graders. Kurt Fors will make his debut in the 5-8 position for them. Chris Smith, Eisenhuff, they're both starting. You've got guys like Salmon, Kenny... Sorensen, Lenyu all on the bench. Um, if these were two full-strength teams, you'd think, well, Penrith will win by how many? By 50, by 60. It would be a huge margin, potentially. With the origin outs, it probably evens up a little bit more. Cos, how are you feeling about this game on Friday night? I'm not too sure, to be honest. I, was, I don't know. I was like, yeah, I'll back the dogs because Penrith lost both origin-affected games last year. Oh, I think they burst the Tigers from memory, and the Tigers Tigers got them that night. Uh, but a year on, here we are again. They're, they're, how many are they missing? Six or seven? Yep, six. But just looking, I'm looking at the team now. Edwards, Taylor May, who's obviously come onto the scene this year, and Targo's really made that centre spot his own, and Charlie Staines comes back in. I haven't even seen or heard much of Kurt Pauls, I'm going to be honest with you, and Sullivan started the year, so I think their team looks a lot stronger than it did last year, around this time. And the Bulldogs, well, yeah, what, what, what are you, what are you going to get? You're going to get, you're not going to get an 80 minute performance, that's for sure. So something that might spark, knows. something that might spark them is the fact that Adokar and Burden got overlooked for the Blues. Yeah. They might be willing to put in some big performances. Those two, those two playing uh, helps a lot, and um, but yeah, like. Look, I think they've been scored. I think their attack's been a little bit better since uh, Mick Potter took over um, uh, as interim coach yeah. a couple of weeks ago. They've scored more points. Admittedly, it's been against the Tigers and Dragons, but it's against the weekend Penrith side. But as you mentioned, I don't know much about Kurt Falls either. That's their only de- uh, debutant in this Penrith side. Considering six yeah. of their best players are out, they've actually got still quite an experienced team. So, um, yeah. what way well, are you going the in this one? They've got the same bench that they do each week. Kenny, Sorensen, Lenu, and, and um, Salmon. Salmon so. yeah. Who are you going to go? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll back Penrith. Penrith by how many? I'll back Penrith by 14. I share your 14. opinion. I'm going to go Penrith by 30. I still think they're going to destroy this Bulldogs team. And, you know, if you're a Bulldogs fan, you've got to have hope this week. You've got to hope they're going to show up. But I just think Penrith are just... Even without their players, it shows you how good of a squad they've got. Um, Josh, what do you think about this one, mate? Um, yeah, we you've got our predictions out of the way. What, how are you feeling? Well, I think thirty's a bit bold, um, <laughs> but I mean the way Sean has a bit bold prediction. <laughs> yes, he does. Uh, the way Sean Sullivan played um, on the back of all their all their guns was quite fantastic to start the season. And, he will fit. He will slot straight in. But 
Um, could be look, could I be a great signing for a struggling club as well. Sorry to interrupt, Sean O'Sullivan. I mean, the Dolphins, well, I don't know if he sure. signed with them, but someone can take him. Definitely. I think he's signed on until next year. So he... And I think the club should look at him because he's... He would be a fantastic bargain buy considering he's second in line um, at Penrith, who's never going to get a go because Nathan Cleary's there. Yep, absolutely. But, um, look, the the dogs, they just, they do what the dogs do. They're in the fight sometimes and then at the end it falls away. I think they've, they've definitely got their best chance to beat Penrith and as an avid non-Penrith fan, I would love to watch the Dogs beat Penrith um, on Friday night. But I think Penrith's skill will just be too much. So um, I'm going to go Penrith by eight. Uh, Doopy, you said, you know, at the start of the show how much Penrith are just so far ahead of every other team and that they're who can beat them for the Premiership. They're weakened this week. How do you see this game going? Uh, more of the same. Um, so... Kurt Falls, um, I saw him in the uh, preseason trials. Very good goal kicker and um, good reader of the game as well. Um, so he's he's not a bad player either. Um, but yeah, look, Panther are going to win this game. I think that they'll win it pretty convincingly as well. Um, I'll go Panther by sixteen. I'd like the hope that the Bulldogs show some fight. I thought that last week they were. Pretty good. Um, I thought Matt Burton had a really off game. There was a couple times in the first half where he just constantly kept kicking it dead when they tried to mount any pressure and really hurt him, especially later in the game. But I think the Penrith train will keep on rolling. Yep, I agree. And somehow they just keep finding ways, whether it's Taylor May, Isaac Targo. We'll see how Kurt Falls go. They just keep unearthing this young talent and keep developing. They're probably the best development in the NRL at the moment, no question. So Penrith train just keeps moving on with all tip Penrith. Um, let's move on to Saturday night now. And the action kicks off at 7.35 when the Manly Seagulls play the New Zealand Warriors. Both of these teams um in need of a win, and this game probably uh, the most full strength from both sides we'll see. Jake Jarovic got overlooked for State of Origin, so Cherry Evans is Manly's only out. Warriors basically uh, full strength apart from their already injuries to Curran and Fanua Blake. Valier's been dropped for the returning um, returning Rocky Rocco Berry, I believe. Um, but overall, two teams, they're struggling. The Warriors went down to Newcastle last week, and Melbourne were way too good for Manly. Obviously, Manly got to, they're in this kind of phase at the moment where they've got to realise uh, they've got to try to get their season back on track without Tom Trojevic. He's out for the season. Their captain's out this week, so Schuster and Kieran Foran are the halves. We'll start with you, Josh. Um, what do you think about this matchup, mate? Two desperate teams. I think that I personally think that this is going to go down to the wire, and it's a, almost a toss of the coin game for me, considering the fact that Manly just seemed well off the pace last week, but so did the Warriors. Yeah, I mean, he's in that phase of trying to live life without Tommy Turbo. And as as you don't want to say about a club, but they're really struggling without him. I think that their forwards have been quite poor. They've let other teams roll all over them. Like, they had no chance last week because their forwards just weren't in the game. And 
DCE is trying a lot. DCE's been fantastic this year, quietly. Like, you've got, obviously, Nathan Cleary, Jerome Hughes, who are playing incredibly. But DCE has been really, really good this year. So Manly are definitely going to miss him. And as for the Warriors, I mean, what can you say about them? They just don't look like they're up to the standard of the other teams. And it's disappointing because it almost seems like players don't want to be there. Or, and I guess why you and Aiken left, why Matt Lodge left, it just seems like they don't want to be there. They want to stay in Australia. And, yeah, have a look at their side. It looks okay. And Sean Johnson, he finally did something last week. But he's been so poor since he came back. I mean, you you come back to you, you come back to the Warriors. You talk about it, and then you turn up with just he just he isn't running the ball. He just passes. John Johnson of old breaks teams apart, breaks games apart by running through the line. John Johnson does not want to get tackled. It's like he's scared he must be hurt, must be having an injury, but he just does not run the ball. Um, I don't think the Warriors will be able to keep up with Manly, um, even with even with their even with DCE out. I think Manly will still be too good for him, um, but it'll be close-ish and go Manly by six. I mean, it's a valid point you make. Sean Johnson does not look like the Sean Johnson of old at all at the moment. Doopy, how do you see these two teams matching up on Saturday night? I actually don't see this game being close at all. I just, I'm just, I'm completely off the Warriors. I think they look. It's hard. It's still hard to judge them because obviously, like, they haven't been home in so long and whatnot. But they just. When the going gets tough, they're just not willing to stay in the fight. And I think Manly will win this by 18. Um, yeah, I think the Warriors' halves have been just bad this season. Uh, I think Arcee was doing a really good job when he was in the 17. Dejan Arcee, and they, they've taken him out to put Chanel Taras who's, who's quitting NRL, who's back in the team. I don't understand it. Yeah, yeah it's just stupid. Um, I, I personally, I think Reese Walsh is the most overrated player in the NRL. I really just don't see the big hoopla about him. He's so inconsistent, and he'll have one good game, and then he won't play good for a month. Um, I feel for some of their forwards, like obviously Torhu Harris, who plays like that, show up, try every week. But in my opinion, Warriors just have too many players in their team. Uh, as soon as they go behind, they're just like, yeah, no, think about next week. So I reckon Manly are definitely, a, you know, a team that's showing a lot more fight. You look how good they were against Parramatta, just came up short. I think their determination will be enough for them to win this week. And, off, yeah, I'll go on by 18. I think they'll win easy. Coz, what do you think about this game? Obviously, Josh and Doobie have given their opinions. They're on Manly. What do you think? Where do you even start with the Warriors, you know? I didn't see their game last week, but as Doobie said, like, if the game looks like it's getting away from them or something, they just, you know, throw the towel in and, you know, just happy to 
you know, be there and see you next week. Look at the Melbourne game, for example, it was pretty close at half time from memory and then all of a sudden Melbourne scored 50 points in the second half. This is ridiculous. But on mainly on the other hand, I don't even know what to make of them either. That's what, that's what I was going to say. Say what you want about the Warriors. They've got four wins on the board. Manly only got five. Well, they're, they're for Manly's, Manly's 10th, Warriors are 11th. So it's not like Manly got much better. But you just think back at home, yeah, this game could literally be anything. This could be this could be 32-28, which I'm pretty sure it was last year when they played each other, and that was with Tom in the team. Yeah, the field goal incident but, without him at the yeah, start of last the, year. The, the, uh, before Tom came back, but I think with Jake being available for selection and Schuster playing 5-8, which is his preferred position, Jason Sars back this week from his toe injury. I'll, uh, I'll back Manly, Manly by six in a high-scoring game. I think it'll be pretty back and forth. Yeah, I think Jake Trojevic will have a big performance considering he was overlooked. I think he was overlooked in terms of uh, you know he, him not really having a running game too much anymore. He's making 45 tackles a, a game, but I expect him to run the football a little bit more in here. I think that you guys, I mean, I don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm with you guys mostly for the Warriors' opinion as well, and, and Manly's got some excuses with their captain and um, you know their best player out as well in Tommy Turbo. But I just think what I saw last week from Manly was, I don't think Melbourne were good. I just think Manly were all over the shop. Um, and I think that take out their leader in Cherry Evans, I think they're really going to struggle. Foran and Schuster, I don't I don't know how they're going to go together. I don't even know if they played in the halves together, maybe during Origin last year, but I don't remember it. Um, in terms of, yeah, the rest of their team, I don't think their forward pack have aimed up. I don't think the Warriors have either. And, I, and as you said, the, if it gets tough, the Warriors will just concede most of the time and, and show up next week and, and do it all over again. And... It's just one of these games where I think that there's a chance the Warriors win. I'm going to tip the Warriors by four. I just don't have any confidence in what Manly are doing. And unfortunately, um, with their you know their captain being the Queensland halfback and you know the leader of managing their game out, I I think that 2022 could be a ride off for Manly without Tommy and you know with Cherry Evans being being unavailable. So. I just I think they overachieved last year when they made the top four and yeah I I can't trust the Warriors either so I don't know why I am I just got this feeling that Manly are, are going to struggle for the rest of the 2022 so um and that's someone that tipped and I think I tipped them to finish seventh but I just don't see him being near the top eight to be honest so I'm going to tip the Warriors by two I'll just make a quick prediction for the Warriors I just had a look at the next the next five. I don't think the next win will be until they go back to New Zealand. It's a big They've call. Mainly this week, who are back. They've got uh, Cronulla and Penrith. And then they're back home against the Tigers in New Zealand. So that's my next... The next time I tip the Warriors is when they return. I'm not even win that. Well, I'm tipping them this week. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'd, like to, I'd like to think playing in New Zealand for the first time in almost three years will get them up to the occasion, but who knows? Will Nathan Brown? Will Nathan Brown even? Will Brown even have a job at that point? Nathan Brown, the way that they're going, they keep losing. All right, let's get to the Sunday game now, and it's uh, from four o'clock. The only day game of the week: the Canberra Raiders, who were valiant in defeat against Parramatta last week. They cost me a perfect round, but it's okay. I forgive you, Canberra. They're going to head. They're going to head up, and they're going to verse the Sydney Roosters, who I said at the start of the show, I thought a team could, you know, 
get out of the heap and challenge for the top four. And I was really impressed by what I saw from the Roosters last week against Cronulla. I thought they were outstanding. But the Raiders versus the Roosters, um, I believe this one is at the Raiders' home in Joe Stadium. So that Canberra boost will be there um, in Canberra. But it's going to be a big game. I mean, no Tupu, Tedesco, or Collins for... For the Roosters, um, jo- Joseph Manu's gone back into the fullback position, and uh, Kevin Naguama and Billy Smith are both um, both back in the outside backs for the Roosters. Uh, no Wyden or Papalihi for the Raiders. Debatably, you know, their two best players, probably other than um, Joseph Tarpany that we've seen this year. Guys, what are you making of this contest? We'll start with you, Cos. We just uh, got your opinion last on that last game. What do you think? About both of these teams, how they're traveling. And, um, you know, the Raiders on the cusp of the eight, the Roosters could push for a top four if they can get this win uh, on Sunday afternoon. It wasn't that long ago that Canberra were were near the bottom. bottom. I can hear myself, by the way. way. I can hear you too. Maybe you can get that sorted out and I'll come back to you. I can hear myself. All right, we've got some audio issues. We're going to stop the call. I'm going to get back to it. Um, we'll pick the... Wait, it's gone? It's gone. The yeah. audio issues are gone. So it's okay. Cosrew, right, continue. We're good. we're good. Continue. <laughs> All right, as I was saying, it wasn't that long ago that Canberra were near the bottom. I don't think they were dead last, but they were close to it. And, you know, I put the, the pen through I was saying how Ricky Stewart wasn't under the pressure that some of the other coaches were under. And they've turned the corner, and I couldn't tell you how many they've won out of their last however many games, but they've done enough to get close to the top eight. And, you know, they were, you could say they were unlucky last week, but um, from what I saw, Parramatta's defence in the second half was um, pretty good, which won them the game. But, uh, yeah, I think Canberra at home, I think they'll miss Josh Papali a lot in the middle there. I think Corey Horsburgh is starting. Uh, just looking at the two benches, uh, I have no idea who Trey Mooney is. Never heard of Trey Mooney in my life. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think he's played a game. Huh? <laughs> Trey Mooney, he's the... I think he's played in an NRL game. Anyway, continue. He's a, he's a super coach trading for sure. Anyway, the Roosters on the other hand... Uh, Joey Manu slots into his state of origin position of fullback where Teddy's out. Uh, Billy Smith returns from probably his 14th injury in his career. <laughs> and Kevin DeQuimer's in the centres who hasn't done much since he's come back. Uh, Sawali's on the wing pending, you know, Tupo falls over out of bed in origin camp and he gets in. Uh, Call him Dave Taylor from Queensland. <laughs> Sam Walker and Luke Keary are slowly, slowly gelling after, God knows, 12 weeks that time. Uh, Hargraves up front. Hutcho. Are you just going to name the whole team or are you going to get to a point at some point during this? (laughs) I'm just going through the teams here because I've actually been tossing back and forth, but just looking at the two teams, I'll back the Roosters. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for that. Jeez, that that was a speech. Uh, so the Roosters by how many? <laughs> oh, God, no. Three tries. 18 points. All right. Sorry. Thanks, Goz. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Josh, uh, your, <laughs> your thoughts on this game. All right. 
Xavier Savage is fullback. Then you got Mick Codbury. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, the referee. The referee's Adam G. <laughs> oh, comment from the comedy comedy god over there. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting game. I mean, Canberra played pretty well against us. Um, our Paris defence was quite good um, in the second half. Um, Joe Tarpany has been absolutely phenomenal the last couple of weeks. He's really, really stood up, and I think he's going to stand up even more with Josh Papali'i out. And... I mean, I'm not too fussed with Xavier Savage at fullback, um, but there hasn't been many good options. I honestly think their best fullback is Rappiner at the moment. Nickel Klockstad wasn't playing that well until he got injured. Rappiner didn't do too badly. Um, and as for the Roosters, I mean, the Roosters are just gelling so well. Tedesco, it. It's as you said in a few podcasts ago, Steve, where you knew the Roosters were going to come out of this hump they were in. They were going to get out of the rut, and they did, and they've done it fantastically. And, I mean, their side, I still don't understand why they picked Hacho at nine. I don't think he's a number nine. I love him, but... Um, but do they have any other genuine the options? I mean, you've well, got... they did. Oh, they, they let him go. Yeah. They did let him go. You've got Adam Kieran, who's played nine. I don't know. He's he's doing okay. He's just if if they did have if they did have a genuine hooker, I think the Roosters could be Brandon Smith. Yeah, the cheese. But um, yeah, look, it's going to be a tough game. I think it's going to be the tightest of the games. Joey Manu, we all know how well he plays at fullback, and. Who knows if Sawali's plays because he's also um, he's also on a concussion turnaround, so there's a chance he might not even play because of concussion protocols. But um, I think it's going to be very very tight. I think I'm going to go as an upset. I'm going to go Canberra by two. Canberra by two is your tip. I'm still hearing myself, so we'll do a quick. I'm hearing. I'm hearing you and Josh. Josh is good. Josh is good. It must be through my phone. I think I'm the top, right? All right, let's just yeah. get your prediction, Doopy. Um, we won't get your opinions. We'll get our predictions. Who do you think is winning this game? And then we'll get back with the audio difficulties to continue the show. Yeah, I'll go the Roosters by 10 points. Um, yeah, I think, they've, I think they're starting to really um, warm to the occasion this season. And I think the audio just fixed itself. So as, as I said, we're going to stop it. But, um, yeah, so, you know, uh, I, let's blame Josh because it wasn't doing this until Josh got here. But So you got the Roosters. I'm going to go the Roosters as well. I think they're playing some really good footy at the moment. A couple of guys out, but I think Manu's really stepped up at fullback this season. Um, Canberra, I tipped them last week. I think they're in the mix for the eight. Um, we're going to have our top eight predictions shortly, but I think that this is a, a key game for them. I just think the Roosters might have a bit too much for them. So, um yeah, the Roosters, the Roosters by me, uh, for me by six, but I think it's easily the game of the week. All right, so that is our tips for round 13. Um, I believe Josh has muted himself while we're not talking because he has the audio issues. But we'll go to him first. Uh, Josh, let me just ask you. Let's just recap our tips. Josh, who you got in round 13? Well, I didn't write it down, 
but I've gone North Queensland, I think, by eight. I think I went Penrith by eight, Manly by ten, and the Raiders by two. All right, well, I... Mate, I never remember my margins. They're just out of my mind as soon as I mention them. Um, I've gone, I've gone the Titans for an upset. I've gone the the Panthers by thirty. I remember that one. I've gone uh, the Manly. Uh, no, sorry, I've gone the Warriors in an upset as well, and I've gone the Roosters. So uh, the Titans, the Titans, the Panthers, the Warriors, and the Roosters for me. Doopy, what do you got? Um, I'm pretty sure I remember the margins. I went Titans by two, um, Penrith by. I think I said 16, excuse me. Uh, mainly by 18 and Roosters by... I don't remember. <laughs> Cos, what about you, mate? Uh, the Cows into... The Panthers into... Uh, what's the set? Uh, into the Manly Seagulls into the Roosters. And so those, those are our tips for round 13. We're going to get to Josh's super coach buyers in a moment. Before we do so, it's time for best bets. And I don't know if you guys have got a bet for me for the week. So I'll start us off while you guys have a bit of a think, if you haven't. Um, I like the Gold Coast Titans with the line, which is five and a half. I'm going to take them at $1.90. I think that's a good bet. Obviously, I think they're good head-to-head as well. They're 260 there. But we'll get the Titans with the line at $1.90. Let's put that in. With uh, the Roosters head to head at a dollar sixty, that gives you three dollars. Only four games this round, but I think that's not bad. The AU. All right, what about you, uh, Coz? Hang on, I'm just doing it now. All right, what about you, Matt Dupont? <laughs> All right, Josh Duncan. What about you? What's your bet of the week, mate? I've got. As I've mentioned previously on the podcast, I am not a good a good um, better because my bets never get up. But um, I think if you're going to be safe, you can get away with a all-round multi. If I'm being honest, this round the odds are pretty odds are pretty fair. Um, so if you back all the favourites, you got Penrith at. At dollar thirty-five, you've got, I think, mainly at a dollar sixty-five, you've got the Canberra, you've got the Sydney Roosters at a dollar sixty, so you've and the Cowboys are a dollar fifty, which aren't bad odds for your favourites. I haven't put those all together, but dollar fifty, dollar sixty, dollar sixty-five, and a dollar sixty. Probably about four, four, five bad, bucks. Uh, yeah, not a bad multi at the end. Yeah, it's pretty safe because I feel like. Even though there might be some upsets, and I tip some upsets, usually I'm wrong in my tips, which is why I don't really tip. <laughs> so yeah, you're probably best best to follow the follow the odds there. All right, thanks, Josh, for that. Let's turn over now to the most repaired person on this show today, Matt Cosru. Watch you better the week. Are you ready? I'm ready. Give it to me. All right, I've got a, a three leg multi. That's guaranteed money. Oh, look at this. I've I've gone Canterbury at the line, nine and a half. Like it. Roosters head to head. And Manly, one to 12. Mix those three together. $10.75, 10 bucks, get you 100. There you go. Get on it. Matt Dupont, what do you think, mate? Doofy, what do you got? (laughs) 
actually got a, a decent, <laughs> excuse me, a decent same game multi. Uh, and I basically just gone. Sorry, I am just trying to get the odds up for it. Yeah. Um, I've gone the Titans to win into the Titans 1 to 12. And then I've gone two try scorers in Jermaine Azarco and both them um, are both to score. And it's not bad, $26 odds. Oh, I like the value there. That's some real value. Um, this is why he's going to do this big state of origin moldy on Monday. So um, check that out when it is. Doofy's uh, ready to go. I thought Cosra was just going to read out the entire Roosters team and just put them as all anytime try scorers. At number one, Joseph Manu. At number two, Billy yeah, Smith and so forth. Okay. All right. Well, sweet. That is our bets of the week. We're about to wrap up the show, but before we do, we're going to turn over to Josh Duncan um, with his super coach to corner. Um, with your Supercoach Trades. We'll do that last, though, because what we're going to do now, um, let's just... We're not going to get into it because the show's gone long enough as it is, but I just want you guys to read out who you have um, in your top eight at the end of the season and in what positions. We'll start with you, Cos, the most prepared man on the oh, show. Jesus. Get the most unprepared person in the world to go first. All right. Let me just look at the ladder right now. All right, Pandras are first. They'll stay there. Storm a second, they'll probably also stay there. North Queensland a third, I've got them dropping down to sixth. You keep track of this? <laughs> I'm keeping track of it. Brisbane, top four, they'll finish fourth. Parramatta will go third. Roosters will go wherever I haven't got a spot left. Fifth. <laughs> Fifth, seven, eight. Sharks will stay. Sharks will stay where they are. <laughs> the dragons will fight out eight. There you go. All right. Well, are the sharks seventh? Is that right? Yeah, oh yeah. Okay, yeah, you've got it right. Seven. So you've gone. You've gone the Panthers, the Storm, the Eels, the Broncos, the Roosters, the Cowboys, the Sharks, and the Dragons. Rabbits or dragons. Okay, all right. Josh, what about you, mate? Give us your top eight. All right. Well, for my number one, no surprise here, Penrith Panthers. Second, Storm. Third, I've got the Roosters. Fourth, I've got the Broncos. Fifth, I've got Para. Sixth, I've got the Sharkies. Seventh, I've got the Cowboys. And eighth, I've got the Canberra Raiders. Look at that. Oh, he's left out the rabbit. Doofy, Doofy, what do you think? Um, so, Penrith are obviously my minor premiers. Uh, I'll go Storm to finish second. Parramatta to finish third. Roosters to finish fourth. Um, Broncos, yeah, we'll go the Broncos fifth. I'm actually going to go the Rabbitohs to finish sixth. Um, geez, this, this is tough. Um, I'll say Cowboys seventh, and I reckon Cronulla would just scrape in. All right, well, my top eight uh, at this point of the season for the end of the regular season, I've got Penrith first, Melbourne second, just like all of us, I believe. I've gone the Roosters in at third. I think that they're going to make a big inroads in the second half of the season. Parramatta, fourth. Fifth, I've got 
the Cowboys, just out of the top four. I've got uh, Cronulla at sixth. And these last three, I think, is going to be a big battle between four teams. And I think those four teams are the Raiders, the Dragons, South Sydney, and the Broncos. I've got the Broncos in at seventh, the Rabbitohs in at eighth, and the Raiders ninth, the Dragons tenth. So, um, yeah, seventh, the Broncos, eighth, South Sydney. Just hanging on to it. I think we won't see any change in, in the eight teams that are currently in the top eight. All right, well, Josh, we've got to get going in a moment, but, uh, mate, you're late to the show. I hope you got some good trades for us on Josh's Supercoach Trades of the Week. You have a player, by the way, I was going to introduce you to the show this way, but someone that's finished in the top one for years in the past two years, this season hasn't gone your way, and even though he's finished in the top one for years in the last two years, most of the time you can't seem to beat me in this game. Josh, what are your Trades of the Week? I'd like to I'd like to bring that up, saying that you um that you set up the comp, so there's some unfair treatment in that way. Um, yeah, yep, been bit a bit of a disappointing season, but I'm starting to starting to come good. Um, obviously, we're lucky we're not playing 13 and 17, but um for all the head-to-head sort of players, um, there's a couple of really good buys at the moment. The, my number one buy is Angus Crichton. Obviously, he's missed Origin selection. He is going to try as hard as he can to get back into that side. and um, He's averaging 47.5 in base a game, which is absolutely phenomenal. Five of those games were off the bench as well, where he got reduced minutes. His three-round average is 66.3. Five-round average is 68.6. Out of anyone this week, you've got a couple of people you can go. You can go Joe Tarpany, you can go Nat Butcher, but Angus Crichton is a keeper. He's been a keeper for the last three, four years in Supercoach. If based on his price at the moment, you need to get him in. Um, the other one I've got, Joey Manu, um, over the origin period. His three-round average, 70.3. His best possession is fullback. And on the chance that Teddy gets rested, he can probably play fullback again. And Teddy might even get reduced minutes in the next game after that. So guess who goes to fullback? It's Joey Manu. He's expensive, but he's a really good... He's a really decent pickup for 13. And then you've got Doopy's main man, Tohu Harris. Tohu has 47.5 average in the three games he's returned. In those couple of games, he played 40 minutes, 70 minutes, and 80 minutes. In the last two games, he has scored 54 and 52 in base stats. He's not getting many attacking points at the moment, but once his confidence gets back in, he's going to start climbing up that ladder. His break-even at the moment's 82, so more than likely he's going to drop. So even if you get Angus Crichton in this week... Aim for Tohu Harris next week. You've got a 2% ownership, absolute gun of Supercoach, who looks like he's doing quite well, whose attacking stats will improve. So you've got basically 50 points minimum, plus all the attacking stats. He's good for an 80. He's good for a 90. He is the pick the week after this one. So Angus Crichton this week, Tohu Harris next week. 
that is the way to go. I think you've got three picks overall, including Joey Manu, that are all, you know, end of season, um, you know, guns that could, that could see you out for the rest of the season. I brought Manu in last week. So great, as always, Josh, for your Supercoach Buys of the Week. That's it for Steve's NRL 40 Tips for Round 13. I want to thank Matt Cosru, Matt Dupont, and Josh Duncan for being on the show this week. And they're all back for our State of Origin 1 game preview. That's going to be out on Monday day in preparation of the first game of the 2022 State of Origin that's happening uh, from Acor Stadium on Wednesday evening. So thanks, guys, for being on the show. We'll see you next time on Steve's NRL Footy Tips for the State of Origin 1 game preview.